Welcome to the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell your story. Allegra Sinclair is here to help you become the powerful woman you are meant to be. It's finally time to get unstuck and reveal how fabulous you are. And it's time for your host, Allegra Sinclair. Hey, welcome back. We are uh, in the middle of a two-part uh, discussion about why you aren't where you say you want to be yet. So I'll include a link to part one in the show notes, but a quick review. The five reasons we looked at the last time. Reason number one, you don't really know what you want. Reason number two, you don't have a plan to get from where you are to where you're going. Three, you lack resources. Four, the people around you don't support you. And five, you don't really want what you think you want. Today, we're looking at reason number six. You lack the skills. Now, my brother said to me recently, we were talking about a number of different things that could possibly happen. Some good, some bad. And I was getting ready to say, well, I just believe good. And then I just believe this. And then I just believe that. And he interrupted me and said, I just believe. And that was so powerful to me because it just captured everything. He didn't have to go through this litany of things that he believes. He's a dude, right? He's more uh, short and to the point. And I am very much a woman. So I like to elaborate. I want to decorate my declarations. But I just believe. So believing that you don't have the skills is incredibly powerful. But by the same token, believing that you have the skills will have the same effect. And as I'm uh, recording this right now, I keep hearing that song, If You Believe, from The Wiz in my head, you know, sung by the incomparable Lena Horne. I'll have to see if I can't find that on YouTube or something. But someone can know academically how to remove an appendix. But you wouldn't want someone to do surgery on you if they had never been trained, no, how many, no matter how many books they read or videos they watched. There can be a big gap between knowledge which you gain by reading, and skill. And that might be what is holding you back from achieving your dreams. Once you've identified what you need to learn, the next step is to try to learn it. Skill can only be developed in one manner, through practice. You can't create a top-notch video until you create several not-so-great videos. You can't cook a gourmet meal until you have created several not gourmet meals. <laughs> you can't give a standing ovation worthy speech until you have given a few that did not get a standing ovation. You can read, study, learn, and learn some more, but until you actually do the skill, until you use what you have learned, until you try and then refine, you're not going to improve. There are a couple of misconceptions that hold us back from putting our knowledge to work. One, we think we need to know it all. The problem with gaining knowledge in today's world is that there is no end to what you can learn. There's always another class, another blog post, another video, another technology, another article, another guru, blah, 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 that we could consume. So the solution is pull the trigger. 
Remind yourself that you cannot have perfect knowledge, and that's okay. Sometimes we think knowledge is better than practice. In fact, the opposite is often true. Practice, as the old saying goes, makes perfect. There's no substitute for picking up a golf club and swinging it over and over again. But that practice could very well substitute for reading another book on hitting the perfect drive. We fear imperfection. I don't know why we talk to ourselves this way. If we spoke to our friends the way we talk to ourselves, they wouldn't be our friends anymore. We somehow think that everyone else is perfect and never falls down. They never send out an email with an embarrassing typo in it or struggle. But that's false. Anyone who has mastered something from making money to making cupcakes went through failure first. So sometimes the only solution is to get out there and try. Publish your first blog post. Send in your first article. Sing your first song. Refinement comes through practice, and there is no shortcut to mastery. You can read as many books as you want, but true skill only comes with trial and error. Reason number seven, why you may not be where you want to be yet. You lack stamina. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I think I might have warned you last time, but if I didn't, these are definitely big girl panties. Podcasts. You lack stamina. Take a sprinter on a long run with a marathoner and you'll notice something immediately. The fastest man in the world isn't so fast once you get past the first 10 miles. The marathoner, who started out at a more moderate pace, slowly overtakes the sprinter because the sprinter trained herself for short distances. It's a classic tale of the tortoise and the hare. If you tend to start out with a bang on a new idea or project, only to get discouraged when you hit that first mental wall around mile 13, you may be out of shape mentally. And while you may be banking on becoming the next overnight success, you need to know that A, the true overnight successes of today become the one-hit wonders of tomorrow, and B, most overnight successes were years in the making. So if you look behind the scenes, I mentioned the whiz earlier so we can stay in our whole Wizard of Oz theme. If you look behind the curtain for virtually any rags to riches or overnight success story that you can find from Susan Boyd to Zappos, you will see that years of preparation went into their overnight success, right? That time in the limelight that brought them to our attention. If you see yourself having trouble with your stamina, it's time to work on building your endurance. And here are some exercises to help you. First, track your progress. Often, progress is so incremental that you can become discouraged before you hit your goal. Write down your successes, small and large, and review them regularly. Review them relentlessly to remind yourself that you're making progress. You may even want to make a large visual of your goal and track your progress toward it on that. Just like in school when you put up those huge thermometers to show how much money you earned with your Girl Scout cookies. You have to track your progress. I'm going to physical therapy now and we had our like four week, hey, how's it going? And I wrote on the sheet that there hadn't been any change, that I felt exactly the same with my knee as I had felt four weeks ago. 
Of course, my doctor has seen that before. So she skillfully asked me some questions and we did some exercises to test flexibility and strength and a number of other things. And by the time we ended that session, I could see on this piece of paper that I was worlds away from where I had been four weeks ago. But in my day-to-day living with the knee, I was like, well, it still makes this funny noise. And I still feel like I could hyperextend it at any moment. So in my mind, because I was not tracking, I hadn't made any progress. But once I could see it on the piece of paper, I was wired for sound. I was ready to start coming two days a week. I didn't. But (laughs) you know what I mean. Tracking is important. Second thing, when you're working on building your build, when you're working on building your endurance, pace yourself. See, cross-country runners or people who run marathons, they know that going out as fast as possible in the first mile is usually a recipe for disaster. You're excited about your new project, but keep some of that excitement in reserve. You may feel like staying up all night long to work on your business plan. And while that's great in that moment and you have energy and ideas flowing out of your very fingertips, you will not be able to maintain that level of commitment for weeks or months on end. So if you pace yourself, you don't have to go through the pain of hitting that wall so quickly and then kind of having to shake it off and then start all over again. Another good tip for working on building your endurance is to cross train. Right? Athletes do that as well, but here we're talking about finding other activities that give you a break from your main focus. You just might find that your time away from your goal refreshes you and re-energizes you and keeps you from burning out. Even if it's just for an evening or a weekend, make sure you take mini vacations from working on your dreams. And find a partner. Partners are great whether you're heading to the gym or working your way through medical school. Sometimes an outside commitment is necessary for us to stay accountable and stay on track. So having someone, a partner, in this goal, in this dream, they don't even have to have the same goal or dream, right? But having a partner who understands the challenges that you're facing can make all the difference between giving up and going on. Now, if I go back to my original analogy about the sprinter versus the cross-country runner, a sprinter can be in great physical shape, but most goals require that long-distance mindset. So remind yourself what the tortoise knew that slow and steady wins the race. Reason number eight, why you might not be where you want to be yet. You're scared to fail. Any coach can point to a handful of clients who seem to have all the talent, resources, and determination in the world, but for some reason, they were never able to reach their goals. They talked the talk, as my um, grandmother says, they talked really pretty. They walked the walk for a while, but then they suddenly disappear in the sunset and they become a distant memory. In my experience, it's fear of failure that keeps these people stuck where they are, despite their resources and skill, and despite their genuine desire to achieve the dream or the goal. If someone gets stuck and fails, that doesn't mean that they didn't really want it necessarily but they somehow figure that they'd be they'd rather be where they are because that feels safe right so they'd rather be where they are safe and sound than take a risk and venture out into the unknown and possibly not succeed so they come up with every excuse in the book as to why they can't do x or x it's too cold it's too hot 
Everyone knows you don't start a business in December or everybody knows you don't write a book in the fall or I need to take another class or, oh, I just need to get my office organized and then I can do that. Or I'm waiting for my youngest to start kindergarten or my oldest to go to college or waiting for my husband to do, to get it. There is always a reason why now is not the right time. But the real reason is that they're simply afraid of not being able to accomplish their goal. And then who knows what would happen if they failed. Ironically, it's the fear of failure that actually causes them to fail. And they're still alive. They're still stuck in their little shell. So I guess failure wasn't so bad after all, right? Wrong. When working with people who have a real fear of failure, sometimes direct questions are the best method to get them to recognize their true obstacle. Questions like, if not now, when? Or, if not you, who? I said this to someone the other day. I'm trying to think who I was talking to. Ah, I was talking to a friend of mine in the like web design space. And she was telling me about some dreams she had on her heart for some things that she wanted to do. And I said to her, because I, I don't give unsolicited advice. But I did say to her, if you have this goal on your heart, then it's there for a reason. You may be the only person who can bring that particular goal to life in exactly the way that you were dreaming about it. And if you don't do it, no one else will. Now, it was a pretty bold statement. I think it was probably the first or maybe second time that we had ever spoken. But I believe this, because this is what I know. In my 40 plus years on the planet, this is what I know. Everybody doesn't have those dreams. If you have a dream that you think about before you go to bed every night and you wake up with that same dream in the morning, know that nobody else around you has that exact dream in that exact way. So I believe you have that dream for a reason. Did you catch that? So everybody doesn't have a dream to do something different. Maybe you really dream of a way to improve the schools in your neighborhood. That's awesome. Someone next to you doesn't have that dream. That's not their dream. You get that? So if you have a dream in your heart, in your space, in your spirit, you can't go three weeks without thinking about this thing. There is a reason it is there. You are the one who can bring that goal to life. And the truth is there's never going to be a perfect time to start. And you will always have stumbling blocks along the way, no matter when you start. Everybody does. But you have to reach a point where staying where you are and never trying for your dream is more painful than any possible misstep, failure, or setback. Then in that moment when you have decided that where you are, staying where you are, exactly the where you are, ignoring your dream, not writing your book, not singing your song, not doing whatever that is, is more painful then the possibility of failing in that moment, you'll be prepared to move forward. And I'll bet you that you'll find it wasn't anywhere near as scary as you thought it would be to try. So in reason number eight for why you're not where you want to be yet, I said you are afraid of failure. Well, reason number nine <laughs> is you're afraid of success. So Susan wanted to go back to law school after her twins left for college to get her law degree. 
She wasn't worried about being the oldest person in her class. She wasn't worried about keeping up with her studies. She wasn't even worried about taking the LSAT. Here's what worried her. Who will take care of my dogs if I go back to work full time? They're used to having me home all day. So this amazing, powerful, talented woman was willing to put the imaginary wishes of her dogs three or four years from now before her own desire to become a lawyer. I'm thinking something else is going on. So a little digging showed that the dogs were just a convenient excuse. What she was really worried about was upsetting the carefully balanced life she and her husband had. He was the breadwinner. She was the homemaker. If she did something different, she wasn't sure how he would respond. What if he left her? What if the friendships that she'd made with other stay-at-home moms through bake sales and field trips and all those activities, what if those relationships didn't survive her change from being a stay-at-home mom to a lawyer? What if she lost everything she had built her life upon to that point? So in this instance, Susan was afraid of success. And it isn't actually fear of the goal itself, but of the results of her achieving her goal. The domino effect of making this major change in her life, which would be going back to school and getting her law degree, might be more than she was willing to handle. If you find yourself not doubting your abilities, but feeling anxious about pursuing your dream or your goal because you're not sure what will happen if you do that, you may be more like Susan. And that is a legitimate concern. Because change usually leads to more change, and sometimes more than we bargain for. But there are ways to prepare for that change. First, talk to the people closest to you, and not the folks I was talking about before, who were either ignoring your change or trying to prevent your change. But share your fears about the changes that might happen in relationships as a result of pursuing your goal with the people who get it, who understand what you're trying to do and why. And then have those conversations with the people in your life whose relationships you're afraid of uh, turning upside down. You may be surprised to find out that they don't care whether you're dressed in blue jeans or a suit. They just want to know that they'll still see you once a month like they do right now. Be honest about your concerns. Don't misplace your anxiety about relationships or time onto your dogs or your kids, <laughs> or the neighbors, etc. Realize that change usually happens in increments. So yes, going back to school will be a radical change, but the subsequent adjustments and relationships will be more gradual because you'll have time to talk about them and discuss them before, during, and after those changes. Again, I'll suggest that you work with a coach or an expert in the area of concern. Coaches are trained in managing change and will be able to help you predict some of the other secondary adjustments that may result. So yes, things will change, but not all change is bad. In fact, you may find that your life in every area ends up better than you ever hoped it would be based on you achieving your dream and that the dogs really don't miss you all that much. Reason number 10 why you aren't where you want to be yet. You don't think you can be where you want to be. When it comes right down to it, there's only one real barrier that will keep you from achieving anything you set your mind to, and that's this. 
your belief in yourself. If you don't honestly believe that you are capable of achieving your goals, your chances of doing so are extremely limited. And by the same token, if you honestly believe you can achieve your goals, there's nothing that can stop you. Many of us grew up with a limited sense of self-esteem and self-confidence. We constantly doubted our ability to do things from cross the street by ourselves to get a date. Now, this, while this could spring from overprotective parents who just wanted to protect us from the big bad world, it resulted in lack of confidence that carried over to our adult lives. And the only way out is through. The only way to build self-confidence is to punch fear in the throat and do the things you're nervous about. That means, perhaps, talking to strangers in line at the grocery store if you're hoping for a career in direct sales. Or posting some of your poetry on your blog if you're interested in becoming a published poet. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. There is no shortcut to self-esteem or confidence. You can't buy it. Some days I wish you could. I would buy a lot of it and I would just hand it out liberally. In fact, I'd hand it out on Halloween (laughs) instead of candy. But no one can give confidence to you. That's why so many of the school programs now that are aimed at enhancing kids' self-esteem are going way wrong. Giving everybody a medal who participates doesn't build self-confidence and esteem in children. It diminishes the reward for everyone, but that's a whole other movie. Achievements must be earned the old-fashioned way through risk and reward. The great thing about confidence is that you can start small. If you want to complete a half marathon, you don't have to start at the half marathon. Instead, you can run around the block. Then you can run a mile. You build and build and build. And while you're building your muscles, you're building your confidence. You know you can run two miles because last week you ran one and a half miles, right? You know you can sell $500 in one week because last week you sold $400. You know you can write three blog posts in one month because last month you wrote two and you already have one half written. So sometimes you may fail. You might only make it one and a half miles or you only sell 467 in a week where you were aiming at 500. But by looking at where you've come from and how far you've gone, you will know that the next step is within reach. And when you feel that in your very soul, you become unstoppable. There is no obstacle or challenge that is too large for you to overcome when you know you can overcome it. So over the last couple of weeks, I have talked through 10 different reasons why you aren't where you want to be yet. And it's not my intent to overwhelm you with information, but to inspire you and give you hope. Maybe you've identified only one reason why you're stuck where you are right now. Maybe you saw yourself in all 10. That doesn't really matter. If either situation, I hope that you're prepared now to make some changes to move yourself forward. It doesn't take huge movements and sweeping changes to make progress. In fact, sometimes the biggest results come from the smallest actions, like giving up candy or uh, making one more phone call or 
it depends on what your goal is. Writing one more page before you decide you're done for the day. It's the repetition of those small acts over time that bring about huge results. So I hope you have some clearer ideas of change. I hope you have some clarity on a very specific and individual level about what things you can take on right now today to move you closer to your dreams. And I look forward to hearing about it here on iTunes or on the blog posts in the comment section. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. Now you've been given permission to be more powerful and influence more people. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to AllegraSinclair.com slash iTunes and leave a review. It will help Allegra get the message out to more women that they can punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell their stories. We'll see you next time on the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair.